Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Maggots, 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 no, maggots. No, no, Betsy. <laughs> We're not I just told Kate that the occult open that we were going to do was going to be about our trip to ALA but we had just been talking about maggots yeah we're um, not going to talk about maggots are though. you sure yeah <laughs> I really have maggots on the brain now no. that's a good thought let's talk about ALA oh ALA was amazing uh we had a lovely time thank you to everyone who came up and said I listened to your podcast which was a shockingly large number of people you didn't get to see all of them you came in on Saturday yep I came in Friday morning, so I had more time to really just hear from people. Some people told me that they listened to us by running while they were running, uh, which I think is a terrible plan yeah, I would, because I, I would, would stop dead every three feet. Yeah, but other people said um, they just really enjoyed the show, and it was lovely. And we met all sorts of famous people. We went, Yeah, you interviewed Arl Stein. Arl Stein, and we went to a Lemony Snicket party and then hung out with folks like Brian Floca and... Jonathan Oxier and Lisa Brown and all sorts of people. Yeah. It was good times. It was great fun. We had a lot of fun. And I protested. And you did. And you went to the protest, which because now it doesn't seem like it would be that uncommon, but a bad Supreme Court decision went down while we were there. Yeah. In D.C. And you were able to protest, which was fantastic. Oh, and we also we also met Elliot Schrieffer. Um Yeah, I said that. Yeah. Oh, you did say that. Yeah, I did. I don't listen to you. <laughs> I don't know what you say. Okay. You have to have like a big sign over your I'm head. Super like, excited I did... to meet him. Yes. And he recommended that we do a certain picture book. Now, we would ask this question to many people. We'd say, oh, what book should we do? And then they'd say something esoteric or way too long or like a chapter book or something. It was just like uh, very rarely was it a book that we hadn't done that would fall within our purview uh, and that would make for a good read. And yet Elliot, two thumbs up on him. He called the book that we are doing today. I'm going to pull it in my bag now. Uh-huh. A amazing bone by William Steig. Very good. Um, not the first time we've done William Steig on the show. We did, uh, Dr. DeSoto. We did Shrek. We did Sylvester and the Magic Pebble. So we've done the man. We do him about once a year. Um, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds about right. You know, you get your Steig in. And this book, I was, I was shocked to discover there were five beautiful pristine copies on my library shelves uh when i looked this up because i was like that's a lot it was a lot i was like i don't know if we're gonna have any copies i I, it's an older book it came out in 76 i was like you know i got a caldecott honor but i I don't know how well remembered it and then i saw the copies i was like oh my god uh somebody at some point in my library was a big fan of the amazing bone the cover kind of looks like a very like fancy version of red riding hood yeah if red riding hood was a pig yeah and the wolf was a fox correct yeah yes and they're fancy and red riding hood instead of bringing goodies to grandma was bringing a talking bone 
A talking what? Like you do. Here you go. Read this thing. Okay. While Kate does her read, let's get some weird information about William Steig. We, we covered a lot of the biographical stuff in the past. I wanted to find facts that we had not covered before. So I found them. I found a bunch of them. Okay. So he was hailed as the king of cartoons and began drawing illustrations and cartoons for the New Yorker in 1930. And he made more than 2,600 drawings and 117 covers for the magazine, which is not too shabby, but I'm pretty sure Cadir Nelson is gunning for that record. Boy, he is. Uh, one of the characters he, he created uh, was called Poor Pitiful Pearl, and it actually was made into a line of dolls in 1956. I should just point out, he liked the name Pearl because that's the name of the heroine in the book we're reading today. So, <laughs> uh, He married four times. He had three children. And let's see, the first person he married was artist Elizabeth Mead Steig, uh, sister of an anthropologist, Margaret Mead. Okay, so they later divorced, and then for a time, he lived at 75 and a half Bedford Street, which is purported to be the narrowest house in Manhattan. Uh, he died in 2003, and I, I remember just becoming a librarian at that time, when little ways afterwards, they released his final book. It was called When Everybody Wore a Hat, and you know what? It's pretty good. If you're going to go out... Go out with a fun book. That's the way I say. Maggots. Wait, no. No. Still no maggots? No. Is, is this book maggot free? It is. What the heck? All right. I was going to start off by saying bonjour. Oh, bonjour. I think this takes place in France. Uh, it is a cochon. A co quoi? A cochon. A pig. Oh. A petit cochon. Oui. Oui. <laughs> Whose high school French is better than your high school French? Uh. Am I actually right? I might not actually <laughs> I don't be know. cochon. I know jambon is when it's ham, but I think it's I, cochon if it's a pig. So I wrote a book. Hey, you wrote a book. Yeah. yeah. So let's get through this really weird thing, shall Okey we? Dokey, dokey, dokey. Remember, I was read this many, many times as a child. Oh. Many times. Weird. That yeah. makes so much sense now. Seemed, seemed totally normal. It's weird. Time. You're weird. Uh, yep. I can't deny it. <laughs> uh, so the first thing I noticed... We got Pipes. Oh, our Instagram follower Pipes and Kidlet will be so thrilled. There's three of them in here. Oh my, on the first page? No. Oh, I was going to say, that'd be a lot. one on the first page. At that but... point, he's clearly sending a message. But yeah, I, Smoke I, up, kids. I immediately thought, Pipes and Kidlet. Pipes and Kidlet will see me so happy. <laughs> so we meet this, uh, this young pig girl named Pearl, mm -hmm. and she's dawdling on her way home from school where she just likes to watch the grown-ups around town do grown-up work. Which, let me, if you're wondering what grown-up work what is... What is grown-up work? Um, it is either riding a bike, mm. it is selling flowers, or it is being a street sweeper. That's... I don't want any... Well, maybe the bike job. That sounds nice. <laughs> so she's walking past a bakery, and, uh, and they're powdering crullers with sugar oh, dust. Oh, yummy. I didn't know what a cruller was. A cruller, isn't that just like a long donut? Instead of uh, being round, it's like a donut stick? It's not a donut. Oh. It's a small cake made of rich, sweetened dough, twisted or curled, huh. and fried in deep fat. Huh. I just assumed it was a donut. I've had them. I thought they were donuty, but maybe they were cakey. I think there's a difference in the yeast? Ah. Question mark? Anyway, but they make these in France, so... It says bakery. 
It does. Kind of thing, so. It's an it, owned by it's Americans. It's, it's owned by Americans. See. Oh, I see. So it's exotic. They're they're catering to the tourists. They're making uh, the, they're all making those American those, uh, pigs that come through. They're making cronuts in there. Yeah. <laughs> so she's uh she's walking past the bakery. She's walking along Cobble Road where she walks past this barn and sees some guys uh, playing some horseshoe. Again, another pipe. Is that a is that a horse throwing a horseshoe? That is a donkey. They still wear shoes, don't they? I don't know. Do they? I don't know. Do, do donkey, they? No, I don't. When they were, they're called horseshoes, not donkey shoes. I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess you don't really need to. That's fortify. my justification. Why does the horse get all the fortification? Why can't the donkey? I guess because you ride the horse. Right. Well, you ride donkeys. Anyway. Or do you ride mules? <laughs> yes. All that. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> I want some donkey shoes. So she's walking along. Now she's sitting in a forest between school and home. Clearly never read Little Red Riding Hood. Nope. And no. she's she's just enjoying the spring day. She says, I love everything. And all of a sudden she hears something that says, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> At which Whoop. point she looks straight into the viewer's eyes with uh fear and trepidation yes. and uh, curiosity a little bit maybe at which point i'm thinking okay if this was brought to life via the muppets oh yeah this obviously would be miss piggy yep mm-hmm. and yes. then this talking bone would be a puppet yeah of a bone it would probably have a voice like ratso rizzo oh no you don't think so i want it to be like gonzo no, what? something completely different, like Kermit. <laughs> I can't do Kermit. Right? I can't do Kermit. Yeah, okay. Me too. Yeah, all right. Actually, I can't. Cute? I actually can't hear it now. Oh, yeah. that'd be cute. Anyway, so this is what I'm picturing: is that the Muppets need to take this live, go on Disney Plus with it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a timely thing. Take this 1970s picture book and adapt it. Muppets who were really hot in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. So, right, so she meets this bone uh, that she's sitting next to, and she's like, you talk? And it's like, in any language. Habla espanol? Spricke de Deutsche? <laughs> like, it's just... Willkommen in Bienvenue. Bienvenue. Yeah. It starts singing cabaret, apparently. I think that's very appropriate. <laughs> um, but it says... Okay, this just cracks me up. He says, "There's and I can imitate any sound. And she's looking at him, and she's like... You know, he sneezes, you know, and she's like, but you're a bone. How, how can you sneeze? She's got a good point there. And he says, I don't know. I didn't make the world. <laughs> and I s- Is that actually the line? I yeah. didn't make the world? That's awesome. And I say, forget the sassy son. We got a sassy bone and on our like, hands. Who am I? God, I don't know. I, I didn't, didn't make ma- the world. I didn't make the world. That's awesome. That is an awesome answer. Isn't that a great line? That's a great answer. Especially if you're an author and you don't want to like make a whole backstory for a talking bone. So, right. So now this, okay. So she's trying to get the backstory of this bone. Like, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. Can I take you home? And he's like, yeah, you can take me home. Sure. I, I, I ain't used, doing nothing. I used to live with this witch, but I didn't want to live with her. She ate snails. And I'm like, okay, this is France. Ah, she ate snails. We All got right. people smoking. Mm-hmm. We got bakeries making crullers. Anyway, so he's like, yep, you know, please take me home. We'll hang out together. She's like, cool. So she sticks the bone in her purse, and uh, she, you know, she's just going on about how such a wonderful day it is, and oh, when wonderful things happen, like my finding you, <laughs> and he says, like, my finding you, and I'm like, all right, get people. Get, exactly. <laughs> 
At which point we come across uh, some robbers. Nightmare fuel. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, they It says three highway robbers. I don't think you can be called a highway robber if there's no highway. I mean, the highwayman was just on roads, but we would call She's them highway, in a field. highwaymen. Yeah, a highwayman, but they not highway robbers. They're I mean, highway robbers with pistols and daggers. All right. Well, we seem we don't seem to be at an era where highways exist. I have seen no cars, so because we're in rural France. Exactly. <laughs> well, and also apparently they have no problem robbing a little girl. Uh, how much money did little girls carry around with them, guys? In a, in I mean, a teeny this seems tiny like a, purse. They just seem like kind of cowardly robbers who are like get the anything anything at right all. they're desperate they're desperate they're like hand over the purse but they're not so desperate they'd actually rob someone with money or anything and she's like well i normally i would give over my purse but i i'm you know she's thinking of the bone she's like mm-hmm. i'm not gonna give you my purse and they're like why what's in it pointing a gun at her head yep that's yep that's, that's in a kid's book that's in a kid's book that is a gun that's when they did that pointing mm-hmm. a gun at the main character's head yes Yes, and it even pistol. says in the text, pointing his gun at yes. Pearl's head. Just, just in case you missed it in the pictures, right? We'll reinforce that in the text. Yeah. Well, at this point, the bone starts making all sorts of animal noises, like roaring like a lion and hissing like a snake, which scares the robbers, and they all run away. Great. And like I said, cowards. Yeah, and and she's laughing, and the bones laughing, and it's totally good time. Having a good time, and they're back the on their way home. End. Oh, nope, oh babe. no. They still have to get through the woods in which they come across a very sly fox. Um, I bet it's the same fox from Dr. DeSoto. Why do you say that? Because uh, he looks just like him. He's carrying... He's, because he's Natalie dressed. He's wearing a cane. Yep, he's, got he's got a... a uh, he's got a suit. And he's, he's got a tie. He's got like a tie pin. I bet he's got... Oh, I was going to say, but he has a tie pin. Yeah. yeah. Um, at which point... He's got a pocket square. He's like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna eat her. He's like, oh, you're exactly what I've been longing for. You're young, plump, and tender. You're oh, gonna be. Least he like, wow, that is not how the wolf would have done it. And he starts like grabbing her, and he's gonna like take her away. Meanwhile, there is a mother cardinal just trying to feed her chicks, <laughs> but is slightly curious as to the scenario going mm-hmm. on. I feel like this is the nosy neighbor who's like not paying attention, but totally paying attention yeah. to what's going on. <laughs> uh, something bad's going down. As the like, the fox is like, I'm gonna take you away uh the bone chimes in unhand her or i'll bite your ears off and the fox is like uh who's speaking and (laughs) new phone who does yeah he's like um a ravenous crocodile and yeah i wouldn't have gone with the crocodile on that one and uh and the fox is like oh look at that a talking bone i've always wanted one he puts it in his pocket. He's like, all right, kid, let's go. And so she's crying, and he kind of feels bad, but not really. That's why you don't talk to your food. And she's asking, can I at least, like, hold on to the bone until I die? And he's like, ugh, fine. So he, like, gives the bone back. And uh, meanwhile, the bone is like, you coward. You And he's, like, trying to insult the, the fox. And, and the fox says, shut up, or I'll eat you. Again, another thing... I mean, do kids' books say shut up? Shut up. It doesn't come up that often. I'll just say that. I I was, as a kid, I was told, you can't oh, say yeah, shut no, up. Oh, no, no, no. It was you can say be quiet. Family. Yeah. But you can't say shut yeah, up. you can't say shut up. So, well, he is a bad guy. He you is. Know? It's, it's but between a bad thing. the gun, mm. the smoking, mm. the shut up, mm-hmm. and then we get to his house where there's liquor bottles next to the trash can. Yeah. I don't know if this would be... A kid's book nowadays? Well, I don't think if you were to, like, 
published this newly that uh, you would necessarily, I'm pretty sure the art director would be like, so about the liquor bottles, perhaps we can reduce their number. <laughs> or the gun? To like zero. And the gun would be right out. So he takes the little girl to his house, but why is there a tire swing? I was swing? just going to ask. I love that there is a tire swing. Outside of his house. Outside of his like pretty ramshackle, run-down, like, not particularly nice house. I feel like he's a divorced dad who doesn't have custody of his kids, but when he <laughs> On does... On the weekends, though. Every other weekend. Right. It yeah. has to be supervised, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's got it. So he put in the tire swing to show he was good dad. Right, because he has literally nothing else around for kids. It was probably someone just left the tire in his yard and he was like I'm just tied to this dead tree because <laughs> the tree's dead oh yeah so you don't want a tire swing on a dead tree right pretty obvious reason yeah yeah <laughs> so he so the fox locks uh pearl in an empty room and she's feeling pretty destitute she's like i don't want to die and the bone's like i know and uh, she's like, what's that sound? And there's a split screen that happens on the That's page. That's really interesting. Where on one side of the page, you can see her in the room freaking out. On the other side of the page, you can see what the fox is doing. He's either sharpening knives or he's putting wood into the fire mm. uh, for his meal. Huh. This looks just like, just in this particular moment, it looks just like the book My Lucky Day by Kiko Kaza, which we haven't done because it's not old enough, but... Uh... I don't know, maybe it's old enough now. I'll have to check on that. But it, this reminds me of that. I just thought that was a nice... Yeah, I really like making the door like the border, like a comics border almost. Yeah, it's yeah. a split screen. It's Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. The fox takes the pig to the kitchen. The bone is saying, he's whispering, be brave. And she's dragged into the kitchen where the fox... Note, he did make a salad for himself, <laughs> but he was going to prepare the pig on the dining room table. Right. Well, he doesn't seem to have any counter space. <laughs> if you don't have counter space, you've got to use your dining table. He doesn't have much table space either. He's got no. a salad. He's got like a malt vinegar and olive oil bottles. He's got a sharp yeah, knife. Yeah, he should clear the table before you put the pig on the table. He does have an apron on, though, so he knows this is going yeah. to be messy. Well, you know, and the, he's also got, um, oh, the he's arm got band. arm garters. Yeah. He's got the garters that, like, old-timey bartenders would have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's got some bitters as well. My goodness. So he's getting ready to kill the pig when all of a sudden the bone is screaming out of her purse. Um, yeah, bam like, what is going on? Is he having a stroke? He's having, he's having a little fit. A little and bone fit. Meanwhile, the fox starts shrinking as the bone starts uh, saying, You're really, you really got the bone uh, well, magic you. spell. I practice. There. I like it. With yeah. every weird word that the bone says, the fox gets smaller and smaller until he's the size of a mouse and he crawls through a mouse hole. All right, then. Problem and, solved. Yeah. And and she says, I didn't know that you knew magic. And he's like, neither did I. <laughs> and she's like, well, what were those words? And he said, I wish I knew. They just came to me. I had to say them, which is like, did you? Did you have to? Was it, You know what? When people are placed under a great deal of stress, they're capable of amazing of speaking things. gibberish. That, that just happened. I mean, he worked for a witch. You know, he must have picked up something in the subconscious. There. By the way, when I was a kid, I was very disturbed by the fact that she was bald. I don't know why, um, but I I guess I was used to Miss Piggy. Yeah. And it just seemed weird to me that this like female pig with like who's just bald. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, she puts her bonnet back on, she takes the bone, and they walk out of the creepy house. She gets to her mom and dad's house, where her dad, pipe number three. Oh, yes. There we go. That seemed, I mean, our dad had a pipe growing up, so that just seemed very natural to me. Yep. Yep, dads have pipes. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, she gets home, she explains to her parents, I've got this talking bone. They're like, <laughs> what? What? The bone starts talking. They're like, yep, sure do. All right, that's and a she explains right. what happened. And then uh, they keep the bone on a silver tray on the mantelpiece. But every night she takes the bone to her bed and they like chit chat at night or he'll sing songs to her. And then she'll go to sleep. Her married life's going to be real interesting. That's uh-huh. it. Oh, so background information on the book. Uh, Yeah, so we got a 1977 Caldecott honor. This is back in the day when... A book this weird could get a major award. I am fairly certain weird books just don't get the major awards for picture books like they used to. Uh, Darn committees these days. Where's the weird book awards? Anyway, (laughs) uh, that's my my little soapbox there. Um, Let's see. In the mid-80s, it was turned into a short animated film with John Lithgow as the narrator. Oh, yeah, I think I saw that, actually. Just saying it. Yeah, because he does a really good fox, and he does a really good bone. Uh, But that was a Weston Woods thing. I'll see if I can find it on YouTube. Weston Woods videos are touch and go when it comes to finding them. Oh, there was a musical that was made here in Chicago at the Lifeline Theater. The Lifeline Theater does many fine productions based on children's books. Uh, This was back in 1996, and uh, yeah, that's the long and short of The Amazing Bone. Ratings? Ratings time. Okay, you go first. I love this book. And even as you were reading it, like when the bone is making the noises and you see the creatures um, in the air sort of that sort of be what he was making the sounds of, man, I had a visceral reaction to that. I remembered that. I loved this book as a kid. I don't know why. It was weird, but I really enjoyed it. The villain gets a comeuppance, but it doesn't, he doesn't die. He just shrunk to mouse size. That seems perfectly fine. For all we know, he recovers and gets normal size like two <laughs> minutes later. We don't know. Um, but yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite picture books growing up. So it's hard to separate it from reading it now. Uh, are there freaking guns in it? Yes. And that I did remember. Uh, are there pipes? Yes, and I did not remember. And I certainly didn't remember the liquor bottles. So I swear liquor bottles are still sometimes in... They're definitely in European children's books because they don't care. So if I had to rate it, I can't be unbiased. I really love this book. I'm going to tamper down my enthusiasm and just give it a 6.5. But generally, I really like this book. Okay. My uh, my first comment that I wrote down is, such a weird story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It kind of uh, kind of leaves me speechless. Um, who comes up with the idea of a sassy bone talking and reciting spells? Who does that? I, I, William Sig, apparently. Apparently. Like, he wasn't weird enough with the other books we've read, like Shrek, so he had to just make a talking bone. But it's got a sweet ending. It's a very sweet ending. Um, I, I don't think I'd remember the amazing part in the title. Uh, I just remember bone. <laughs> I had a devil of a time finding it on the shelves because I put in the magic bone. Um, the illustrations aren't my style, but this guy, he's consistent with how he illustrates. And oh, yeah. I can't believe it got an honor. I don't understand that at all. You know, uh, I got a hat tip that 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 committee because it's so weird. Can you ma- I would love. I would love. Now, all their discussions are completely private. You can never read them. 
but I would love to have heard what the discussion was over this book. Yeah. Like the defenders in particular. Well, I don't like that it has guns, but I really yeah. do appreciate the sass that the bone has, so I gave mm-hmm. it a six. All right, it's a classic. Woo! Right. <laughs> awesome. Letters time. Ooh. All right, this one comes in from Rochelle, who writes, I'm still catching up on all your podcasts. I just wanted to let you know that my three kids, five, 10, and 11, sing your theme song regularly, <laughs> which is... So That's awesome. awesome. So awesome. Also, my daughter was so proud when she found a mistake in her chapter book this morning. She said, I'm like Kate. Aww. I didn't even realize she was listening, but she likes how you find continuity errors. Thanks for your podcast. Wow, that's the nicest letter. Yes, it is. I saw that and I was like, that's just exactly what we would want to hear. Like thank- to a T. Yeah, it's just thank you. really cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm sometimes I'm like Kate. I don't know. No, you don't. Yeah. Nope. Sometimes. Nope. Grown-up things we like. Uh, okay, you go first. Okay, so every year, usually at the end of the year, NPR does what they call their book concierge, where they get different people to write about new books that came out that year, and it's a big end-of-year thing, about, 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 about. Then they decided it was really popular, like really, really popular. So popular, I remember when I worked at near Public Library, they wanted to copy the idea. They were like, well, we could make our own book concierge, um, which they did. So... This year, they want to do something different. They want to do something also in the summer. So they created uh, Books We Love, and they asked me, and they said, Betsy, could you please recommend some books? And I said, okay, how many? And they said, well, you know, just books until, like, June. So, you know, however you want. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And I recommended, like, 55. And they came back, and they were like, Betsy, (laughs) no, you can do (laughs) You can do 10. And I was like, can I do 12? And they were like, fine. And uh, I recommended like 12 of them and they are all their baby. And I I did way too many of them because like other people who recommend kids books got like, I looked, it's like two or three. And then it's like all me, baby. So <laughs> if you are going to the NBR Books We Love, uh, which I highly recommend and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, just know that a whole huge chunk of the children's books on there. Those were me. And uh, oh, it, it makes me so freaking happy because they look beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. A cool. lot of them books that I just feel haven't gotten enough attention uh, are on there. So yay. Cool. Huzzah. Well, uh, since Elliot had recommended we do this book, I'm going to recommend his book. Oh, very nice. So tip for tat. Tip for, he wrote this book called Queer Ducks. Uh, the Natural World of Animal Sexuality. Um, NPR's All Thing Considered called Queer Ducks, quote, teenager-friendly. It's a young adult book filled with comics and humor and ex- accessible science, and it's filled with research on the diversity of sexual behavior in the animal world, mm. end quote. Uh, there's all sorts of interesting facts, like clownfish can change sex, which when you think about the beginning of Finding Nemo, it makes you go, wait a minute, why didn't the dad... And then it become like a mother figure. I don't know. Maybe uh, that was the mom. Maybe. maybe the mom wasn't the one who got eaten. Maybe dad got eaten. Oh, there you go. And then this is who a, knows? the entire story is his mom. Did yeah. you know that ducks and geese are polyamorous? No, I did not. I know the, about the weirdness of their penises, though. <laughs> and then, but it, the book also poses interesting questions like do we learn homosexuality 
or heterosexuality, or do we just unlearn bisexuality? Hmm. I told Elliot that I wish I had had this book when I was younger because it would have helped me out a lot when I was struggling with my sexuality, and he signed the book for Kate for us many years ago, which when I saw that, I was like, oh, he's so nice. And oh, he's he, so nice. He does a great interview on The Daily Show promoting this book. That I'll try to link to that in the show notes. It's, yeah, people should definitely watch it. it. It also talks about like, um, you know, the bonobos, monkeys. It, it talks oh, about well, the bonobos, the whole it, thing. Yeah, it talks about interesting animals. I don't want to give too much away because you, one, you should watch the interview, and two, you should read the book. So go check out uh, the book called Queer Ducks and Other Animals. Excellent suggestion. I actually didn't know it was YA. So is it YA or is it adult? I thought it was adult, but I mean, I am an adult and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it looks adult, but it could be anything. It could be for teens. It could be adults. It Does it matter? Else. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Marketing-wise, I think it matters. Like, where in the store do you place it? But on Not a, really. On a shelf, Betsy. On a it shelf. It goes on a shelf. That's where books go. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that was good. Um, and now I have some ideas as to the next book that we could do. I will we, I, I mentioned it at some point uh, in the course of this episode. Oh, so interesting. Sharp-eared listeners may be able to figure You're out. You're going to have to rewind and listen to the whole episode That's, again. Exactly. Now you got to listen to it <laughs> several times over uh, and memorize our theme song because apparently children sing it in their homes That's sometimes. That's so sweet. That is very sweet. I've, I've been known to sing it, but I also... I'm under the distinct impression I'm one of the very few people in the world who <laughs> does that. Yeah. So it's nice to know I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And until you, gentle listeners, start singing our theme song, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our amazing Drew is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Burke.